G'day guys, Clint here, recording episode number 52 of The Full Landscape uh, with John, the Landscapers Coach. This one is a massive podcast for any of you landscapers out there, and obviously this is The Full Landscape, so I'm hoping there's at least one or two of you that are in the landscape industry watching and or listening to this podcast. John is a landscaper coach. Um, He specializes in coaching landscapers to improve their business so that they have more time and more money and a better lifestyle in the landscaping industry. Uh, He works with people all over Australia and now in New Zealand. Uh, John and I have been kind of similar to the uh, last podcast with Brent. Uh, We've been kind of like loosely joking or talking about doing a podcast and thanks to Inika from Ambition, uh, she finally put us together and uh, got us to do this podcast over the internet. Um, we've started using a new platform, so hopefully the audio and the visual of the, uh, the podcast is much better than we have had in the past. Uh, this is a really, really valuable one for landscapers. Um, it'll give you a bit of a taste for what John does and hopefully give you some information so that, um, that might help you change some of the things that you do with your landscaping business and obviously other businesses. Um, or it might give you an introduction to John and maybe you might be interested in getting in touch with him to do some coaching. That wasn't the idea of around doing this podcast. I was genuinely interested in um, getting to know John and understanding what he does in the industry um, and obviously give you guys some access to what he does. So uh, if you are interested in getting in touch with John, his website's the best way to do so. Uh, Duffy will link that up underneath uh, either the, the video or via the audio. Can we do that? We'll work it out. Anyway, um, have a look at have a listen. Uh, if you enjoy it, uh, please don't hesitate to uh, leave a comment or like the video. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. And I know I've said this before, but I do value your time. I know there's plenty of things you could be doing other than listening to me or watching me. So thank you very much. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, I do appreciate it. I know you're probably quite busy. Um, I'm assuming you're working remotely at the moment or you're kind of out and about. Yep. Um, So for everyone watching and listening to this, if you could just introduce yourself, name, business, um, what you do and what got you to where you are now. Uh, My name is John Corbin. I'm the owner of Landscapers Coach. Started Landscapers Coach in 2010, but I was working with a landscaper back in 2008. So I say 2008, but the question you wanted to know was, what what got me to to here? Is that right? Yeah. So like, I, I guess I don't know the background. Did you were you landscaping and then moved into into coaching, or you just you saw a niche there, or you just kept knowing mates that were really shit with their business and they were landscapers, or what was it? Yeah, absolutely. Now I used to I was in a family business, and so I uh, used to live in Wollongong, south of Sydney, and we had. Um, we had a, a hotel and clothing stores, and I was managing a clothing store. But I, I was learning from my parents, and um, over a number of years, you know, about five years, um, I started to. I was running the entire store and doing all the marketing. We had a pretty big marketing budget, uh, so I was on local TV and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, and then I had a falling out with a member of my family to the point where I just thought. I need to go and I want to go and do something for myself. So I left the family business and uh, started my own clothing company direct to the public around Australia, jumping in a van with leather jackets and you know a good mate of mine. 
we we didn't have much to start with, but we just grew it and grew it, and grew to about a four and a half million dollar business, and and that was you probably heard those sales direct to direct to the public sales. D to C, yeah. Great Australian leather company coming to Sydney, you know, five day sale, that sort of thing. That's what we were doing out of you know um, town halls, entertainment centres everywhere. Yep. Um, and that just gave me massive boost in confidence, you know, just starting. And that's where I started to ask a lot of questions. So I needed some assistance in how do I, well, okay, now I know how to market, but I, I'd never really forecasted properly before. And so now I was asking all those sorts of questions and reaching out for people to, that could assist me. And that's where the whole, uh, I, coaching didn't begin then, of course, but my interest in coaching began because I was being coached by someone. So, so I started, so you actually started looking for, sorry? You had like a coach that you were, you actually had paid coaches at that point or you'd engaged mentors? Not or? at that point, but uh, I, I did get assistance um, from various people uh, just for short periods of time. Was, it wasn't until I sold out of that business that I, I got a paid coach on board. And when you sold out, did you have a, you had a partner? You, you, was it your business and you just had a mate working with you or was it you were in a partnership together? Yeah, yeah one of my best mates. Yeah. Uh, we started that together. Yeah. And so I sold out to, um, to a Melbourne um, manufacturing company. Uh, they took my share and I just thought, I want to go and do something else. Yeah. You know? And so I felt that after about a six year period, I've done enough of traveling around the country. Um, really ticked a big box in terms of personal confidence and understanding different areas of the business that I hadn't before. And, um, and then, yeah, I just uh, looked for something else to do, basically. Yep. And that something else was um, a share in a, in a restaurant, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> so you've gone from clothing to food? Yeah, but we were also involved in food. We, we had a, uh, a hotel in Wollongong, and when I say we, um, my, my parents and the four of us in the family. Um, so we had a hotel with, uh, with a restaurant, and so I was involved in that prior to leaving the family business. So I understood the basics of running a business, running a uh, restaurant. Yep. Yeah. So how, just give me a bit of a timeline. So the family business, the the clothing store like did you come out straight out of high school and move straight into that or did you go you didn't go to uni or anything it was just not going to work you you just knew straight away you weren't going to uni um and were you working for the family business as a as a youngster like i'm talking 12 13 14 like is that when it started yeah i was yeah absolutely we were um thursday nights and saturday mornings we were always involved in the retail outlets so you know i understood how to sell so I learned so much from the family because every evening we were sitting around the family table. What were they talking about? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about business. Yep. And, so, and so I just knew that I would end up doing something, you know, involved with the family in some way. And, um, and I'm just so grateful to them because I learned so much. Well, it's a, it's a I guess you did, it's a sweat equity MBA really, isn't it? And you kind of, I don't think that people realise that that there, people do realize that you can go either way you can pay for your education or you can actually go you know do the education so you've come out of what high school done that what age would you have been when you've sold the well how long ago did you sell the clothing um business to the the manufacturer and then move into the restaurant game like just from a timeline standpoint late 20s 
And then what? How, how did that go? That was was that the last thing you did before moving into landscape coach? I was 30, 30. Um, That's pretty late. late No, no, I still still had, um, so involved in in the restaurant. And the restaurant was was great in terms of bringing a coach on board and and then understanding a a lot of those, uh, a lot of the things that um, I, I could do and you can do and most business owners can do, but do we do them well enough? And, and one was recruitment. You know, I'd get somebody in and I'd ask them some questions, but I would always wonder if I picked the right person, you know, and sometimes, you, you know, you obviously go with gut feeling, but I wasn't prepared enough, you know, for some of these meetings, uh, even managing staff. I felt that, boy, I could do that better. Yep. And so these are all the things that getting this coach on board, you know, filled the gaps for me. Yeah. You know, and so I became a lot better at managing a business and running a business and planning a business, something that I never used to do much of before. Uh, but, you know, come end of the financial year, I'd already created a forecast. Mm. You know, and so I knew, okay, well, this is where we're headed. This yep. is what we're going to do. And so having meetings and, you know, things that we always did, but um, if, I, if I missed a meeting, I missed a meeting. Whereas once I brought the coach on board and he made it, he made it so, uh, you know, important for me to understand that these meetings, you know, are something that you invest your time in, and so you're letting down your staff if you don't turn up to that meeting, or you say, "Look, I can't, I can't make it because I'm too busy." Yeah. And and these were things that, yeah, I uh, I was really grateful for. And it was then that I, uh, some of my friends, and friends of friends, and friends of friends started uh, asking me about coaching because they could see the difference in how I was planning things yep. and, and that I was measuring measuring things that I wasn't before. So were you, when you say friends and friends of friends, we, I, I guess I tend to network with other business owners because you've got that similar, yeah. similar is that what, what you, you just hung out in a group of people that all kind of had different businesses and so they saw a change in, in the way that you were, or the, the business itself, what, what, were you growing pretty rapidly then? Like, uh, I don't understand the restaurant game at all. Like, can you? Is it, I'm assuming there's a point where it's fully grown and you can't grow it anymore. Is that fair? Uh, oh, yeah, you could keep growing, but I, I had no no desire to keep growing that business. Yep. Um, because it probably wasn't a passion for me at that stage. I, I realised what my passion was, and that was helping others with some of these systems yep. and helping them become empowered. Yep. And, and so this was always in the back of my mind, but I just didn't know how to do it and how to go about it. And I thought eventually um, that would happen. Yep. Um, I used to read, you know, motivational books and stuff like that, yep. you know, just to keep me inspired. And, and so I was always looking to improve myself and improve the way I was doing things and feeling more empowered. And yeah, and so it was just uh, through friends that were sort of coming into the restaurant and just mates. They were saying, hey, look, can you help me out? You know, can you help me with my business and, and take a look at it? And I said, well, look, sure, I'll do it on a Saturday for you. Yeah. And we'll sit down and we'll just go through a little bit. And it was very casual initially. Yep. And then we realized things were really working well. And so that's when it became something I charged for. Yep. Um, it's, I, I'll, have, I'll have a lot of questions around that because it's a space that I'm interested in, but haven't really, I don't think I'm there yet from a, being able to free up my time. Um, 
the, and you know, I, I guess I'm at that stage now where people ring me and ask me questions, but there's no, I don't have formalised meetings. The so if you go from you're running the restaurant, did did you was the restaurant under management at that point? Like you didn't need to be there, like you had a had someone running it, or were you still contact hours and you had to be there for it to run? Yeah, well, my brother, my brother was managing, it and he was the one that had more passion for the restaurant game than I did. Yep. And so, um, so I was at a stage there where I was running a night course, you know, as well, you know, and so I was doing a few things. Yep. You know, and the, the night course was just in, um, you know, effective presentation skills and stuff like that. What, so, you were teaching that or you were learning that? Yeah, I was teaching, I was teaching yep. that, yeah. You know, and so that was just sort of something. I had a database and uh, they were coming along and I was just hiring a space and Oh, so this wasn't even through like a TAFE or a, you actually just set up and went like, this is a webinar before webinar, like you kind of just, all right, I'm going to teach you guys some stuff and people yeah. come, come and learn. That's cool. Yeah, so that was good and yeah. sort of, it got me in front of a group of people and, you know, there were generally about, you know, 10 people there um, and I just teach them over a six week period, yep. you know, some skills. Yep. And so that, that helped me sort of structure, uh, you know, a mini program. So then... You know, and so, yeah. You, you move from that into coaching. I'm guessing it wasn't landscape specific to start with. Is that, that, that kind of evolved? Yep. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want to involve myself in, um, with restaurants. Yep. And I thought, okay, I have experience in you know, retail, retail clothing, obviously, and, and um, with retailers, but I just thought, well, all the fundamentals are pretty similar. Yep when you're running a business, you know, when it's you're managing staff and having meetings and understanding your numbers, profit and loss, all that's, you know, pretty similar. So I just thought, well, I'll just throw it open, you know, as, as you suggested, it, it was. So I was working with about 20 industries. Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, there were a lot of industries that I was working with because somebody would call me and say, look, we've heard about you, John, through a friend, he's a carpenter, um, and I'm a builder, you know, and can you help me? Yep. And I said, yeah, absolutely, let's, let's have a chat, you know. And so there were just every conceivable industry that I was working with. Um, and, and I found that um, after a period, I, I started to look for a couple of industries that I could specialise in. What, and what, was there a reason you just felt like that? I guess once you get niche, it was going to be better, or I guess you'd really learn the idiosyncrasies of the industry. One of one of the reasons. Let me just sit down now. Yeah, go for it. Sorry. Um, oh gosh. I, I felt that with some of the industries that I knew better than others, um, I had further distinctions. Yep. And some of those distinctions were, um, I knew I knew how they should be and could be marketing their business because I'd seen phenomenal results with some that I'd been working with. Yep. Because um, I was working with a greater number of, let's say, cafe owners. I, I knew their um, all their critical numbers, you know, down to the to the cent. Yep. And so, um, I, f I felt that that was really valuable as as a coach, and it was very satisfying. Plus, I could sit there and, and just know immediately the problems that they had yep. or have were, were experiencing and knew a solution for them and then could say, here's the plan that 
I, I feel as though we need yep. to go forward and get the results that you're looking for in the next 12 months. Um, and so it was just, I was more effective with those guys in those industries where I started to understand some of those distinctions. And, and because it was more satisfying, I was thinking, well, what industries could I be working with? And, it, um, and, and one was um, cafes. I was working with a pretty big roaster. And he said to me, look, you can work with all my, uh, all my clients. He said, I've got over 500 around Australia. And so that was something that I started to do. And, but I, I felt that, no, cafes weren't, <laughs> that wasn't the one that I really wanted to specialize with. Yep. Uh, probably because their attitude might've been a bit different to sort of planning. They just realized that if they had, they were in a shopping center or if they were on a, um, in a, a position on a street, then they would always have their clients. Yeah, provided so they didn't they're not worry about really bad. Too. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, provided they're not shockingly bad. There's, yeah, there's not. It's not a, so your interest, and correct me if I'm wrong, is more tied to, I guess, funneling the work in, and then the management of the work and the forecasting of the work, not just going in and being a profit and loss coach or a, you know, an accountant almost. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That's what it would have felt like. So. Um, so it wasn't until 2008 that a, a Bondi horticulturist came along. She said, look, you've been working with a, a friend of mine who's a plumber, and um, I, I want to work with you. You know, is, is it possible? And I said, well, let's have a chat. And I hadn't worked with that industry before. So I, uh, we, I met her at a place in Bondi, and we had a chat just about some of the areas that she was experiencing some difficulty in. And, um, and I had pretty much a solution for all of those and said, yeah, we can work together. And so we worked together for about two years. Is that a... And that, Sorry. And that's when um, it was probably just before 2010 that I started to think, yeah, this could be an industry I could work with. I, I, um, I hadn't met any other landscapers at that stage. But um, she was just a wonderful girl, understood all her uh, systems. We created a lot of systems for her business. And so I had a mini program anyway. Yeah. You know, so um, right down to quoting. And so then I, um, that's when I started looking at others in the industry. Do you, have you had any concerns around, obviously there's, say for a search engine optimization company, if I'm working with them, um, they won't work with any other irrigation shops in the country and that kind of thing. How do you how do you tackle that? Do you just if a landscaper wants to deal with you, you you, you will automatically take them on, or is it, there's a process of vetting whether or not the relationship's going to work? Obviously, you said you met with her to see if you could do it. So I think this was probably a two-sided question. I guess do you take on anyone, and if not, how do you kind of handle the fact that you kind of might be dealing with competitors and you're coaching both of them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't take on anyone. I think initially I, I did tend to. Yeah, that's not uncommon. You know, for, though, that, for that first 12 months, yep. I just thought, well, look, if I can just expose myself to as many as, and, um, as many horticulturists as possible and landscapers as possible and then really understand this industry, then, um, then I'll be able to qualify. 
Yep. And I'd say it was within um, within about a twelve month period that I started qualifying. Yep. And um, and then realizing uh, some my fees were different back then too. So most most horticulturists uh, could afford my fees. So that wasn't that wasn't a qualifying process. Yep. Um, but as I grew and as my um, my skills grew, my effectiveness grew, the um, yeah your fees go up. You know, and your confidence goes. You know, your confidence goes up with your know, your skills, and then that also became a qualifying process as well. Yep. So automatically, if they can't afford you, they're not going to use you. And then I'm guessing after that, you'll meet with them, and if they you just don't click, or it feels like they're going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> without, I guess there's probably other qualifiers, but you, you get a gist for it. I'm assuming your your radar for that's got pretty good over the years. Yeah, but I like helping people, and so. Even today, you know, somebody will come along and say, look, you know, can you help me? And I'll qualify them and find that uh, we're not a good fit. Yep. And I'll say, okay, this is what I suggest you do. Yep. You know, you do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. Yep. Um, and then maybe in 12 months' time or 18 months' time, they can come back yeah, okay. um, and see me. Or maybe I'm not the coach for them. Yeah, because it doesn't have to work, does it? Like, there's no, there's no uh, law that says you have to work with anyone. And there's no law that says they have to choose you as a coach. Like, obviously, there's... I guess, barring a few very unique individuals on earth, most people benefit from coaching, right? Like, you know, you've got the Elon Musks of the world that just savant, unique, run two businesses at a time, three businesses at a time, but most people will benefit from coaching. But it's about finding that that right fit, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So with, with the, I guess, if there's two landscapers that... Um, I guess are competitors, do you, do you address that? Like, is that, or you kind mm. of... Yeah, because obviously, I, I don't know, like, I know that there's probably, definitely in, in Adelaide, there's landscapers that don't want other landscapers, like there's some that are friends and some that aren't friends. How do you deal with that, just on a case-by-case basis, as they come in? Yeah, uh, look, I had, I won't mention names, but I had somebody in Sydney who yep. said, look, if we take you on, these, this was back in 2010, yep. if we take you on, we don't want anyone in our immediate area. Yep, so whatever that is, 5, 8Ks, 10Ks, whatever, yep. Yeah, let's say 5Ks yep. or you know, yep. thereabouts. And, um, and I agreed to it. Yep. I yep. said, fair enough. Yep. You know, and we addressed and we, we spoke about it and I just said, okay, that's fair enough. Yep. We'll do. I said, but beyond uh, once our relationship finishes, I'll, I'll probably take somebody on in this yeah. area and they say, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so that's we have an agreement. That makes sense. So based on that, obviously, um, I'm interested to know, I guess, what your footprint looks like. And then, I mean, you're limited by how much time you can give to these to your clients. Like, I'm guessing there's a cap to how many people you can work with. Are you, are you kind of like scaling your skills or have you got, you got people working underneath you or is it just you? Uh, there's two of us. Yep. So a good friend of mine, he's... Um, he wanted to understand this industry and understand how to coach. And yep. So he's been with me since 2017. Yep. Um, so there's just the two of us. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't have a desire to, this is a small industry, landscaping, and I didn't have a desire to scale and, and have 10 coaches. Yep. Um, I just felt I enjoy coaching. I enjoy connecting with clients and, and, and helping with helping them with their problems, um, and so they're free to call me as many times as they want during a day. Mm-hmm. So that's nobody a, ever like a, a subscription model. Basically, they're paying you a monthly retainer. And they, so you've got monthly meetings. We'll talk about that after. But yeah, you, so you've got a regular 
meeting rhythm, but then also like if they need you, you're you're their you're their wingman. You're you're there. Absolutely, yep. and, and they require that. You know, sometimes they just want to use me as a sounding board. Yep. Sometimes just jump on the phone and say, "Hey, look, I've, I've got this issue. I have this problem. Um, I just want to talk about it." Yep. And I won't necessarily give them an answer. I will ask them what they would do. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's I've seen. I mean, we've had co- I've had coaches on and off, and that's generally. I remember we'd leave a meeting. Um, I'd have my general manager with me, and he'd be like, he didn't say anything. <laughs> I'll be like, that's his job. His job's to get you to work out the answer, not to give you the answer. So it's like a psychologist almost. I, I always do give them an answer, but it, it could be I agree, yeah. you know, or no, I disagree. Yeah. Um, so I do give them an answer, but I'll ask them for their answer first. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. I, I want them thinking strategically about that answer and believing in themselves that they have this answer anyway. Yep. But I, I think it's it's really useful, you know, to have somebody that you can talk to. Yep. You know, like your silent partner, and that's what a lot of guys have called me. You know, well, there's, you know, not, the side, there's a lot of sole traders out there, isn't there? Or, or, or I guess, um, single directors, sole directors. And I've found this. I, I had a partnership, and I don't have a partnership now. And then when you're not in a partnership, you don't generally have that other person just to go, what do you think? And someone that actually gets it. Um, and I think that's great that they have that. I've kind of got that relationship with my accountant. That there's no... Um, there's no clock on it. Like we, we've got a subscription model as well, um, but I can ring in whenever I need to. And it's and I think you'll find that having that access means you you don't need to. Like it's almost like it's it's a security blanket in a way. Mm. Um, so what are you? I guess are you in every state. Like obviously with the COVID's almost highlighted to the world that you can operate a business from anywhere. Um, well, there's two questions there. Are you in a lot of states, and has that increased because of COVID? Uh, yeah, I'm in four states. Yep. Uh, and New Zealand. So For two countries. Um, the only state that I'm not in uh, currently would uh, is WA. Yep. And um, and then what was the other question about? Has it increased? Well, yeah. So COVID. I'm interested to see how COVID 19s impacted your business because obviously I'm very aware of how COVID 19s affected landscaping, um, and obviously I think. Um, you know, when things become really good or really bad, that's when people might go looking for a coach for different reasons. Um, and then obviously the, 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 the increased use of things like Zoom and Skype and then, you know, online platforms has made your, your non-travelling coaching feel like it's actually a tangible thing. I think for a lot of people, like Zoom coaching felt like, well, I'm not paying full price for that. Like, I want them with me. Whereas I think people are now like, no, no, that's part of life. Like, that's fine. Like, has it changed? Uh, I was I was on Skype prior to COVID, yep, and uh, and then seeing clients in Sydney, you know, going out and driving and seeing them and being in their office, and so I was doing a bit of both, yep. Uh, and then when COVID hit, jumped on Zoom like you know most of the planet straight away, and we went, wow, this is a great platform. So uh, so I've been on Zoom since, and so in a lot of ways, it's made it more efficient, more effective. Yep. Um, I believe, you know, just to being able to chat with people the way we are. Yep. Um, in April, May last year, 50% of my clients put me, put the agreement on hold. Yeah, okay. So that totally was, understood because so I was researching as, that time. As soon as, as soon as COVID hit, I remember it being March, April, like it was just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Okay. So 50%. Yeah, it was April, May for me. Yep. 
Um, and I was just, uh, I totally understood because we didn't know what was happening. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and so I was just writing articles and trying to pacify everyone and trying to come up with solutions in terms of how we'll get through this and, and trying to understand what it was that you know, we were dealing with. Uh, and then by uh, the end of May, all those clients started coming back yeah. and saying, hey, look, we're ready, ready again. It's funny how quickly <laughs> that, that happened, isn't it? Like, we found a similar thing here. Um, the high, the, you know, the guys that you deal with, I don't know actually who you deal with, but the high-end residentials here, um, you know, the two to $400,000 contract kind of guys, they, 50% of their clients just went, stop, like, cancel yeah. the job. And then no shit, two months later or three months later, like you kind of said, they're like, it's all back. <laughs> and I'm like, and that, yeah, like, yeah. that has to be JobKeeper and JobSeeker. The way the federal government handled the, I guess the support packages early, it just kept, everyone was like, oh, okay, we're gonna be all right, just finish my backyard. But is that, do you think that's what, what got them back? Like, I, ever, I guess the consumer confidence was renewed thanks to the federal government? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it really assisted a lot of businesses, you know, and so they had bumpy years last year, you know, yeah. the end of the financial year last year, and then the beginning of this financial year, yep. uh, it's been really brisk. And of course, you know what's happened to the the industry and yep. uh, homeowners, you know, they're all at home and, yep. and still are. And so what are they investing in? They're investing yeah, yeah. in their homes. And so, are you, are you okay there? It's all sort yeah, of frozen. it just dropped out for a sec, but it's all right. I caught the last bit of what you said. Um, okay. The good thing about this platform is that if it does cut out, it still records it locally and uploads it, so it'll still be really clean. Okay. Um, yeah, so bumper year, we had the same thing here, like landscapers, I mean, we, we had a bad winter. The last two months have been really bad, July, August, or the, yeah, these two months have been really wet, so our, our clients haven't been able to get on site. So as much as the work's there at the moment, they've only really had 50% productivity, so we hurt a lot last month more than this month, but this month as well. I'm not sure if you're seeing that. Obviously, you've got a really good kind of 50,000 foot view of the whole industry across the whole eastern seaboard down to, have you got clients in SA? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got a full understanding. So I don't know if the other states were as bad, but um, yeah, it was, it was like, it's beautiful today and I'm, I'm very much expecting that this is, you know, I think we've got a bit of rain in a week, but the season has definitely kicked. Like it's, you know, the same as every year, everyone wants their landscaping done by Christmas. I think I'm gonna be one of those people actually. So <laughs> I need to get my front yard done. Um, so COVID was a road bump for you. So now it's nothing's changed. Like you're, you're still flowing. You haven't had any drops since that first pause. Um, had a mini drop with the Sydney lockdown. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. With with a few clients yeah. on hold. Yeah. Uh, some of them are still on hold. Yeah. You know, and they're coming back in September. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that's to be expected. And so you're just, yeah. you just you just you just understand you're just a good dude, and you go, all right, cool. We'll pause it for three months. I understand. Like it's not we're not going to break up. We'll just have you know have a break. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I, I I've realised too that, um, and I I learned my lesson from taking on a a marketing coach back in 2018, and I was locked in for a 12 month period. Yeah. So it cost me eighteen thousand, and I didn't utilise it because I realized after about two months that this wasn't the, the program for me. And so I just thought, well, I wouldn't do that to my clients going forward, yeah. but I had previously. Yep. I used to lock clients in for a 12 month period. Yep. And so, um, 
and so I stopped. I just thought, I don't want my clients experiencing that. If they want to move on from me, I want to yeah. let them. So, so, so I just felt that, um, you know, the way I coach now is just a month by month basis. I think that's the most beautiful way to do it. And I think that the world we live in now, I mean, you'll see it in subscription models on, on every software. If you want to leave, leave and the, and then the burden of qualities back on the on the you of the world or the or the software Absolutely. so if you're doing a good job they ain't leaving and i think it's probably good feedback for you because as soon as someone does go all right i need to cancel you can go okay let's address this like is it because the service or the quality or the expert or if there was a misalignment of expectations or have you graduated it probably takes me to the next question are you are you actively working to get these guys out of your hands? Like you want, all right, we've got two to three years, we're gonna teach you how to run your business and then you're not gonna need me anymore or is it there's always gonna be learnings? Look, there always will be learning, but not for everyone. You know, not everybody will require that. You know, they'll, they may get to a stage where after 18 months, two years, maybe 12 months, um, yep. they will say, hey, look, I think I've learned enough now and I just need a break from hearing your voice, you know, and so, and, and look, I don't blame them, you know, and so I um, I leave that to them, yeah. totally, you know, and, and sometimes I feel it's disappointing because I just feel, oh, we're probably six months short, Yeah. you know, we still haven't worked with this system and this system enough, and I feel like, oh, it's a shame, and sometimes I'll, I'll try and suggest to, to somebody that, hey, we just need to work on these two systems, and then... How about you leave then, you know? Get this uh, right. If they're, if they're ready, they're ready. You know, yep. and they just, if they want to go, yeah, they've got to go. Yep. So, um, so I totally get that. You know, I've been the same, you know, with my coach. And he taught me a big lesson. He he got really upset when I left him after four years. Yep. Four years is a long time oh, to be with I, a coach. I think I left my coach around the same number and I was like, I'm done. I, I, I think I could do this now. Like... And it was a really nervous conversation for me. I felt uncomfortable saying I don't want to do it anymore. But like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was nervous for me too. You know, and I just thought, he's not going to like this, but I had to let him know. Yep. And he tried to talk me out of it. I said, well, look, four years, I just need a break from this now. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back in another year, but give me a year off yep. just to you know, work with some of these systems. Yep. I really felt like I needed a year. Yep. And, uh, and he stopped talking to me. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah, it was, you know, and I just thought it's childish, and I thought, well, wow, um, I wouldn't care. It was a good lesson, good lesson for me anyway. You it know, reinforces just... that you've made the right decision. Any coach, Absolutely. Like a, per a person that's in a personal development or, or any kind of growth space that then has the short-sightedness of not talking to you, like, you, yeah, it's just silly, especially if they're a coach that you could have referred. Like, how many clients, I mean, you, you know, thousands of people that could benefit from coaching now, I'm guessing. Anyway, um, so uh, you've obviously dealt with a lot of landscapers. Uh, is it landscaping strictly now? Like if a builder came to you and said, I want to be a client, are you like, sorry, mate, you've got to do lawns, otherwise I'm not interested? Like, or is it, is it that oh, I, I still I still coach a few guys in different industries. Yep. Always have. Yep. Um, purely because, you know, they, they will um, refer, you know, my services to some of their mates. And yeah. so that's how that happens. Yep. Um, yeah, so so I still do that, but I'm not actively looking for other industries. Yep. And such. So yeah, the one I'm advertising is Landscapers Coach, and that's that's the, the only one you'll see yep. with my name to it. Yep. Um, even uh, Corbin Business Coaching, which which was the previous business, uh, I shut down the website. Yep. 
I just didn't want to attract you know, too many uh, too many others from other industries. But if somebody came along and you quali- they qualified and we we seemed like a good fit for one another, yeah, I would work with them. Okay, that makes sense. Um, the I've got a lot of questions, and most of them have come up since we've been talking. Um, do you? Do short courses. I know that when you were, you've been in South Australia, you've done one day, two day, I guess, introduction to you plus you know good overarching understanding of things like the, I guess the basics. Is that a regular thing, or are you generally like you can't get it all done in two days, and you really it's really ideal that people move into coaching, and that's kind of a gateway drug to that. Or how do you what do your products look like? Yeah, so it's a um, it's a one day event. Yep. And we go through, you know, the, the seven fundamentals, yep. you know, and, and some of the areas that I feel as though are pretty critical, you know, and obviously critical numbers, you know, your critical percentages um, would be one of the first things I teach. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, quoting and tracking and, you know, uh, project management. So they're, they're some of the key um, topics, obviously, you know, managing staff and recruitment and you know, sales and marketing. So we can we can go through uh, and I can teach some of uh, the fundamentals in each of those areas over a seven-hour period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's enough and, to get them... That's enough. Like a... Yeah, they've got their forklift license almost. Like, they're good to go, but... Yeah, they're not... Yeah, there's there's a lot more you can dive into on each of those pillars. You could. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It could be a five-day period, but it's... Nobody'd want to sit there for five days, and so I think I think that's enough. They could walk away and take something and apply that to their business. Yep. Plus, it's a great introduction to who I am yep. and what I you know, what I coach and what I offer. Well, you'll and get so a good feel for them. They'll get a good feel for you. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you? Yeah. Are you doing that via webinar now, or is that like are you you just going to wait to travel, and when you can travel again, you'll do them in in other states, or how's it looking? I prefer to do it in person, yeah. but the because um, we find it's too hard to do by a webinar. Yep. It, it would only be a, a one-hour event, yep. and one or two topics. Yep. Um, so yeah, we can do generally do two topics in in a, a one-hour period. So we've done a couple of those. We did one in uh, for South Australia, one for Sydney. Yep. But um, I'm hoping that early next year we could. Travel again, March, mate. Fingers crossed. Ready to go. Oh, look, I, honestly, <laughs> I've done three podcasts in the last five days, I think, and every time we've talked about because obviously, um, and massive shout out to Inika for introducing us as well as all my other podcasts in the last week. She's been an absolute legend. Um, they're all in. They're all in New South Wales or Victoria, and um, the conversation's been like when we can travel again. And, and I, it's, I've, I've kind of said this so many times, people will be sick of it when they see it. But I think that come like early next year with federal election looming there's no way we're not going to be I think we'll be full borders open for December um, but that's probably me almost like kind of trying to will it and if I, I figure if I say it enough to enough people that the federal government will almost force the state governments to just go you have to open your borders regardless of what's going on um, because consumer confidence is down I want people seeing their families for Christmas and we learn, we need to just live with it because we've had the vaccination rates and we're all there but I don't know if that's just me being optimistic, <laughs> but I think that feels about right. But yeah, yeah. Look, hopefully, um, 
but early next year, yep. I would think, you know, by February, yep. we should be travelling again, you yep. know, across the border anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm, talk- I'm reading articles from, I guess, um, firms that do a lot of, like, research and um, forecasting, mainly financial forecasting, um, and investment firms that are writing things like, you know, we need... Immigra- we need migration and immigration back into Australia for us to handle what what the country needs. And by closing the borders internationally, we just can't do that. And for us, like we now need to kind of start rebuilding the economy without having those skilled migrants coming to Australia. It's not it can't work. So I'm hoping their international borders are open by March. But I know that people have very conflicting views on um, on that. So we won't go on about that too much. Um, the, I want to kind of try and bring as much value to the landscape community as I can. So I'm going to ask you a few questions around landscaping and um, obviously if any of it's proprietary or too confidential, don't answer it. But um, what, um, so the first question, if you were to operate a business, if you were to open a landscape construction business anywhere in Australia and your main focus was profit, would there be a state that stands out over other states? And your main focus was what? Was making money, was profit. Not lifestyle, not happiness, just making money. Is any state stronger than any other state or it's all much of a muchness? Um, no, I'm just, I'm just sort of scanning and thinking, you know, yeah. like I, I've got great examples in every state. Yeah. So it's about so, the business, it's about the business, not the not the microclimate of the economy. Okay, it's it's def- definitely not the state, not the city. Yep. What about if your focus was happiness? Do any of your states seem happier than the other states? <laughs> uh, the states that are happy yeah. again, yeah. You know, no, um, it's not necessarily there. The the guys, um, and I like working with this industry because. They love the industry. Yeah. They love their trade. Yeah. They love what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and so it makes it so much easier for me to be working with them. It's you interesting know, that you chose the industry because it is a beautiful industry, and I fell into oh, it. Oh, it is absolutely. Um, and there's just no, there's a few dicks, but there's not many, and there's a few heroes, but there's not many. And I think, as a percentage, I feel like this industry is a better industry from from a human standpoint to so many other industries that I've seen. So, um, you chose well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I did, you know. And I, yeah, I love this industry, love these guys, you know. They just, um, yeah, their values. They obviously they love the environment, yep. you know. And they love the earth, Mother Earth, you know. And so that that says a lot. Yeah, I did a podcast with Brent Reed from Candio yesterday, and the way he talked about plant life and plant use, and you just there's a few guys here that, that you talk to and it's just, yeah, it's um, you can see that they genuinely care about it. It's not just a, a way to make money because there's plenty of ways to make money and most of these guys that have been doing it 16, 20 years, they know how to make money. It's not about that. So um, one of the questions I had written down and I'll, I'll ask it, it seems like I'm probably going to get a very open answer, but if you had to start a landscaping business, right, so you could choose any state, residential or commercial, how many staff, what, do you, what would you choose to run right now? If you were like, I'm, you're fully qualified, you've got your licenses, what, what state would you open up in? Would you do residential or commercial or a combination of both? And how many, what size crew do you think you'd run for you to be happy? I think I would have to, in, in terms of crew size, yep. um, it would have to be large enough for me to be off the tools. Yep. Eventually. Yep, so what, 12, 15 plus? 
Well, it would have to be at least six. Yeah. Yep. Now, so I can be off the tools and then managing these crews. Yeah. All right. But if I wanted to get to a stage where I had an estimator as well, yep. then and overseeing the entire business, then it would have to be sort of three crews. Yep. Uh, yep. So that, that would be the minimum yep. in order for me to oversee the entire business and work on all aspects of the business yep. and the growth of it and the vision. Yep. Um, so it would probably be something, you know, somewhere in that vicinity, you know, six plus anyway. Yep. Um, plus somebody in the office to help, you know, or yep. you know, or you outsource bookkeeping. But there'd be at least eight of us involved yep. in the business. Yep. Um, I would, it would either be Queensland or New South Wales because of the weather. Yeah, mate, you're preaching. I, I, I'm, I'm slowly wearing down everyone around me for me to move to Queensland. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've got, my wife's kind of like, all right, I'm ready when you are. My kids, I'm like, I'm going to rip you out of school and you're never going to see your friends again. And they're kind of like, Ugh. I think within three or four years, I'll have broken them all. We need a few bad winters here. <laughs> and we're, we're are you serious? I just, I love warm weather. Like, I'm fine in Adelaide. Honestly, the, if our kids' education was not of consequence to me, we'd move to Queensland, we'd fly out June 30, we'd finish the financial year. I'd spend July and August in Queensland in Cairns, probably. Um, and then we'd fly home for September 1st. And then that would be the perfect year for me. And then I'd run my season. Then we'd do December 24 or 23. I'd, I'd piss off somewhere else, maybe locally or inter internationally till January 18. And I'd just run that every year. And I think that would be, mm -hmm. that would be my dream. But um, from a business standpoint, it's sustainable, but I don't want, I can't take my kids. I mean, I probably can take my kids out of school. I don't think it's fair to disrupt. My, my kids are quite young. I've got eight, an eight year old and two four year olds. So. Um, we could probably travel a little bit, but once he gets into high school, my oldest, and then I, don't, I just don't think it's fair. Um, and then commercial or residential, what makes, like obviously, does either one of them interest you if you would have to choose? Or oh, residential. You'd choose residential because of the yeah, art? Yeah, absolutely. Or because of the uh, I've, always, I've always had an interest in, you know, uh, architecture yep. and, and uh, residential architecture. And hence, some of my friends are architects, you know, and so, you know, we'll, we'll look at, you know, the design of a home. Yep. Um, and it's, yeah, you know, just, I just would prefer residential, yep. you know, for that reason, you know, obviously. Otherwise, you know, commercial just feels like, uh, you know, where's the creativity and yep. where's, the, where's the design aspect? Um, your, I'm guess like from the answer to that question gave me a pretty good understanding that you've got some pretty insane benchmarking. Like, you understand, like, the answers to those questions were like made sense to me. Obviously, at six, you've, you're out, you're out off the tools. At twelve, there's enough profit to cover a, an estimator and an admin, or whatever the numbers are. Um, the there's no I just I guess I wanted to acknowledge that there's not a question off the back of that. Um, the when when meeting with landscapers, is there is there one thing that's jumping at the first time you see them? Is it generally the same thing or is it just this multitude of every, obviously all these different personalities? Like are they coming in and you're just like, oh, you just, you don't have enough staff or you're not making enough profit or like, you're not, like, is it always the same or is it just, is that a really hard one to Yeah, it's usually, usually the same five things. Okay, cool. Are you happy to share them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, often it's working very hard for not enough profit. Yep. You know, so the return on investment isn't what I expected. 
after five years or ten years, whatever it is. Um, so that's always right up there, um, and that's a reason. And you would have, you may have seen some of my videos, but some of the video testimonials. Sorry, I should say. They, some of the um, the clients have said, "I was actually thinking about going and working with somebody else." Yeah. Found out about this guy, and then he changed things for me. So, it's uh, so that's not necessarily number one, but it's definitely you know one or two. The uh, time management's another one. You know, just working six and seven days a week. Yep. Not enough time with the kids. Not enough time with the family. Uh, doing quotes after work. Back in the office for for hours, you know, whether it's a home office or a, uh, a rental office, no, they can be back till six or seven o'clock or working, you know, after after dinner. Yep. So that's another one we need to address, all right? And so there are a few things attached to that. And one would be quoting uh, far too many jobs. And that's something that in order for them to be able to understand who their target market is and who the secondary market is, we need to define that, and then we need to set up a system so they know how to qualify. Qualify those clients, know how to say, let go of those clients that don't suit them, and then that will free up 35% of their time. Yep, yep, makes sense. So, yeah, so that would be, uh, that would be another one. Another one, um, you would have guessed, and that would be recruitment and finding yeah. staff. Yeah. Probably so you, one of the big issues. So you're big able to, issue. you're coaching people through that? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Because that's a massive, like, I'd say if you did a survey of landscapers in South Australia right now and said, what's your biggest problem? They're like, I can't find staff. And then they're not skilled enough, which is different. But yeah, okay, that's interesting. So... Yeah, so you, you, you need a plan as well. You know, we need to plan that, have strategies, look at their profile, how compelling is their profile, are they attracting you know, those potential staff members. Yeah, the, the, so the alpha team. We have to address all of that. Yep. And it can't just be one thing. It's not just putting an ad up on Seek. Yep. You know, we, we need to be looking at all of it and making sure we're ticking all these boxes. So you've got every possible chance of attracting that, that guy that says, look, I don't want to be working here anymore. I just feel like I'm, I'm not appreciated and I want to go elsewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's something I've spoken about before, like the social media we do is a re- not as much, it's, it's as much around att- attracting future staff as it is a, around attracting future clients. And I don't think enough people look at it like that. Um, yeah. That you're branding for your future staff as well. So that was that, that's about three things. Too busy, too stressed. Not what I thought it was gonna be um, when I started out. Can't find staff. Is there another two? Or are they kind of, is that five, um, five merged into three? You kind of answered them. Oh, is that only three? Well, there was, I think the first one you said was that people, the first thing they come to you and say, look, I, I, this isn't what I expected. I'm working all these hours and I'm not making anywhere, any money. Number two, obviously, I think you kind of said like, I'm, I'm always staying back, working late, choosing the wrong clients, so identifying yeah. the wrong clients. Number three, can't find and recruit st- the correct staff. Um, I mean, that's a massive list on its own. Um, so what's, well, well, time management. Oh, that's right. Time um, management. Yeah, time management was a, another one there, yeah. and that was the this to-do list 
that everyone has when they're running a business because they're now no longer just working as a site supervisor, you know, or working as a landscaper for somebody yeah. else, you know, and they can go home and then just switch off. Yep. They've got all these different caps that they've got on, yep. you know, so they're, they're doing marketing, they're doing sales, they're quoting, project management, you know, yep. working on the tools, you know, so there's six or seven different things that they're doing. So you can imagine their to-do list, yep. and that's the one that really stresses them. Yep. I think you honestly, know, so, I agree with that. Like, sorry to cut you off. That I think most of my team, if they go home and they've finished everything that was on their list, there's no stress or anxiety. And the the problem yeah. the problem is they control that list. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that's another big one. And so we we address that one pretty much in that first meeting. And yep. that needs to be addressed, and yeah, and then um, I think having having a clear plan is really important. You know, a clear uh, a clear vision is really important. You know, where do you want to be in in three years' time, five years' time? Yeah, I often hear from smaller landscapers that oh, I don't want to be like X or I don't want to be like them. I, I just feel you know, I don't want to be stressed yep. managing you know, too many staff. Yep. You know. And so they're basically the glass ceilings already there. Yeah. You know, and I'm there's saying a lot of negative language in that as well. There's a lot of negative language. And yeah. so and I say to them, it's not about growing to you know, a company that has twenty or twenty or forty employees. It's we just want to get it to a stage where you can be off the tools and save your back, yep. you know, basically, because you know, in your in your forties and fifties you won't want to be on the tools. Yep. Makes sense. You know. So so they, yeah, it's getting them to understand, you know, that, that different, the mindset and the, you know, the way they need to be thinking about their future. That makes sense. So they, what's the uh, meeting regularity? Do you do a bit of a, a accelerated catch up in the initial stages and then kind of coast it out a bit? Or, um, you know, do you have a long first session and then, you know, work out a, a monthly plan from that? Yeah, we have a planning session. And in that planning session, it's usually about two to two and a half hours, yep. where I get a really good understanding of their business. I'll, I'll look at their profit and loss. I'll analyse it. I'll look at their resources. You know, their who's working for them, um, and the, we'll go through each individual just to see, you know, where are the areas that um, they feel as though they need some assistance with helping that person, you know, or managing that person. I'll look at uh, their systems, you know, and the processes and how they conduct their business, their target market and secondary market. So there's a lot of information that I extract. Yep. Um, and then I create a plan. And then I leave them to decide whether they want to use me or not. No shit. Okay, so that's a... And you, okay, so you that, pay for the first meeting. That's it. You don't have to do anything it. after that. Okay, cool. And no, then you can... You don't have to do anything after that. You yep. can, then you can take everything. And it, all the information that I've given you, yep. take that as a you know a you, consultancy you session you paid yep. for. That's fine. Yep. And and walk away and apply it yourself. Yep. I like that. That's really good because there's again, you've left it up to the quality of that. If the if they, the plan's beautiful anyway, they can go do it. But if they most people are very good at, I mean, the, every piece of information you need to know to do anything in the world is on the internet now, but no one does it. And that's where the coaching comes in, obviously, because they need someone there to keep them accountable and to, I guess, answer those questions and to corral them back onto the right path and to help them access the right software or the right marketing or the right whatever. So um, what, I'm guessing you're getting close to 100% from that. 
they'll move most of them move into coaching I, I, off that plan or do you um, is the rate a lot no there are, some, there are some that there's one from south australia just recently that i spoke with them in 2019 and said they said after coming to one of my seminars that um they couldn't afford my fees yep. and i looked at their profit and loss and said fair enough yep. this is what i'd suggest you do why don't you pay for this planning session yep. I'll give you as much information as possible yep. and you go away and apply. Yep. And they did that. Yep. And they came on board three months ago. Oh, that's as awesome. a, Yeah, as a monthly client. So so it's great. That's very satisfying just to see how they've grown over that two-year period. The, you know. um, do you have any massive success stories that you're able to share of people that have kind of like been close to packing it in or losing their house and are now, you know, multi-states and 400 staff and... Leader of their community. Yeah, I, yeah. Look, I, I love the ones where, um, like the guys from Brisbane. They uh, they said to me that they had heard about uh, me through a, a podcast. You know, I'd I'd been interviewed by uh, Shah Turner, you know, from Pitchbox back Pitch in the Box. day when he owned Pitchbox. I know the business Pitchbox. Yeah, yeah. It's not owned by Shah. He sold it, but. He interviewed me, I don't know, three years ago or whatever, and might have been a bit more. Yep. And they were, these two guys were planning on, they'd been working for 15 years in their business, and they just said, we can't make money out of this. We we need to do something. And our two good mates and just decided that maybe, maybe it's time to, you know, throw in the towel. And through their assistant who worked in the office, she, I think she had heard uh, my podcast and she said, hey, why don't you call this guy? Because she's about to be unemployed. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This might get me and, uh, and they, uh, they called me and came on board and that's just so rewarding when their situation turned around in three months. Oh, no shit. So in three months, they're like, yeah. They're good. Yeah, I just said, oh, look, it's pretty obvious what you're doing wrong. Yep. And so... Uh, you know, we corrected it and then they could start seeing hey you know the coffers are starting to fill which is great and you know we've got money again yep. so uh and it's just so rewarding and they're still on board that's three and a half years later so that's so cool yeah do you think you'll do, yeah, I've, do had, this? I've had clients for for 10 years yep yeah so what? i had a i had three clients for 10 years actually what's the plan like do you are you going to retire or will you just do this forever like i guess like if you love it and you can keep doing it like do you have are there clients that are worried about you going no nah, i'm done i've made my money i'm going to barbados yeah yeah absolutely um <laughs> i i think i would continue doing this in some in some form yep. you know for as long as i possibly can yeah because i enjoy it you know it's yep. a it's it's just very rewarding to help someone you know improve yep. and improve their business and feel more confident and feel empowered and you see the, the difference, you hear the difference in yep. their voice and you see the difference on their face. And it's, uh, so I've, I've really ticked a big box for me in terms of values and what I enjoy doing. Yeah, okay. It, it's, it's taken me a while to find what it was that I really wanted to do and, uh, and I'm glad I found it. You know, so. The remote nature of, or the remoteness that you could have means you could do it from anywhere in the world and I guess when you get to that point, I mean, you, I don't know if you, you follow much around what Anthony Robbins did after COVID but he was like doing, have you ever seen it? Like, go have a look at, he, he set up, he was obviously doing um, Unleash the Power within 10,000 people in it, not that many, maybe, well, maybe 10,000 people. 
he t ended up going within a month of full lockdowns, he converted it into a full digital experience. And he had screens where you could see 300 or 500 of the faces up on the screens. It's insane. Like, and he just pivoted and just, I know pivots probably, oh, you can start using pivot again. That's kind of stopped being used, hasn't it? And he just pivoted and he was like, boom. Like, and this, I guess it's the attitude of people that, that, that don't sit around and cry about what's happened to them and actually do something about it. But you could do that. Like, I guess you could remote this from anywhere. And if you, especially if you niche down and you're like, I'm only going to work with five clients and I'm going to charge twice what I was, but I'm getting close to retirement and I only want to work two days a week. Um, I've got one more question for you. It's a question I ask everyone um, when I can remember. If you were able to, like, so obviously imagine um, if you were able to work anywhere in the world and do any job in the world that, um, that you're fully qualified to do. So imagine if you want to be a doctor or a racing car driver, um, whatever it is, is there a job that you would choose? Well, I guess don't give me the shitty answer of like, I love what I do, so I'm like, I'm going to keep doing this. But like, is there something that, that you would have loved to have done growing up or that, you, that just looks fun that you, would have, that you would choose to do? And if so, what is it and where? Yeah, it would have been a, a guitarist. So I loved guitar and uh, learned how to play and was never really good enough, yep. you know, to, yeah, to make money. But... Um, and, and I, I never tried to, I just thought, you know, I'll just get a, I'll get some tuition and just enjoy it and just be able to play and sing a little bit. Um, and then again, can't really sing either, you know, so, but I try. Yeah. <laughs> and just annoy everyone. But uh, There's vocoders now, you don't need to know how to sing anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just the, you know, the Eric Clapton's and the, you know, the, um, those sorts of guys, the John Mayers, yep. you know, that can... You know, really write great lyrics and yeah. sing and play guitar. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I'd love to be able to do. Yeah, but that's a that's a good. Can answer. I dream? That's a good answer. They, um, I, I said every time I hear someone like, I think we watch like say um, Queen playing at um, you know Live Aid when there's like I don't know 120,000 people. Like I, I say to my wife, I wish I could sing well enough to have 100,000 people come and watch me sing. Um, from, from a, like, because I've got this disgusting desire to be famous, and like, I'm, I'm not fit, I'm not good looking, I can't sing, so I really have to get good at business, and hopefully that kind of click catches on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that answer. I think I'd take that as well. Um, so, so for you, it'd be singing. Well, singing and playing. Yeah, enough that someone's like, all right, yeah, like I'm gonna come and watch this guy. Look, if you could have that many people come and watch you talk. Um, which obviously some people do, then I'd happily do that as well. Um, so you could be a Tony Robbins. Honestly, if I could move into a speaking space full time, um, or not even as in full time, as in I speak regularly but still get to operate, um, similar to Gary Vee, like he obviously still operates his businesses but has a public speaking business as well. Um, I enjoy business and I can hear it, like you, you, you're the same, like it's. Um, when you kind of can see it, like when you can really understand, like, I don't know, I was, I was listening to something the other day um, about like, if you had to start again, what would you do? You know, like, and that's kind of a bit around the half the question I asked you about if you were gonna run a landscaping business, what would it look like? And I think having that, like the knowledge that you've got, what, you, you can't, no one can take that away from you. Like no matter what happens, no matter what changes 
um, politically or, or if, if the government, if we get overturned, like it, nothing, all the stuff you know you've got forever. And I think the more you understand, well, the more I understand about business, the more I love it. And you just see it really clearly. And I think, mm. obviously, that's, I'm guessing that's what you're trying to um, have those click moments with your clients and go, this is very simple. This is all you have to do. And when they see it, I'm guessing you get these moments of happiness and joy um, without putting words in your mouth. Yeah, it's very, very satisfying. And so is that something that you said you'd, you're interested in coaching or you know, assisting uh, coaching other things? Look, I'm happy to help. And I've, and I've got guys here that will ring me all the time. Like, obviously, my client base is your client base. We deal with exactly the same guys. So the same problems, that, but I've got a different perspective on it because I don't get a good look at the profit and loss and I don't understand um, you know your like your benchmarks obviously from a like my business is more like the clothing business that you dealt with obviously I've got um, gross profit driven from a certain GP that we need to achieve and then obviously all the costs come from that so the labor cost is different than the clients you're dealing with but I still talk to them and answer the questions I think I'd struggle from a planning and commitment standpoint like I'm not good at sitting down and making sure I'm at a meeting and then doing follow-up notes like I'm shocking I don't even do email I've got an assistant now who does all my email for me because I just I've got such a butterfly kind of chase chasing brain where I'm just like whoo I'm gone so um, <laughs> I'm more inclined to be able to answer like if someone wants to sit down and shoot the shit with me for an, for half an hour an hour and I'll answer all the questions I just can't do any follow-up so um, I think speaking for me is probably or, or delivering um, I've got actually my first public speaking thing coming up in November um, I've been asked to speak at uh, Freedom Fest which is here in South Australia a good friend of mine Jody's got that I think I'm the only male speaker actually it's very um, heavily um, her community is very much um, empowering women to um, get to the point where they can work whatever hours they want and kind of get that six-figure income travel be home for school holidays whatever it is um, whatever's their desire so um, I'm looking forward to doing that and I think if I do a bit of that almost like a bit of a masterclass slash public speaking um, that's good with me because then I can just leave um, and I don't have to do any follow-up and I can go back to running yeah. my businesses so but I don't think I could do that on its own I like the idea of running the businesses and trying to grow my my companies as big as I can so yeah Hope that answers. So you'll be in South Australia for a little while. So you won't be in Queensland. You're not moving to Queensland in the next three years, uh, three to five years. Look, my businesses are pretty much running under management now. Um, like the general manager of, of my group is an absolute gun, and I've got like similar to your client connect. Like I've got staff that have been with me ten years. Waterpro is only twelve years old, um, and the first person I ever hired is now managing one of our locations. So um, I could stop contact with the business for two or three months now and nothing would fall down. Um, Matt's got a good understanding of the, you know, the strategic plan and the budgets for the next financial year. It would just be around setting him up to the next level. So I could, I could go to Queensland. I don't think it would, would be a problem. We're looking at Victoria at the moment. Um, I think um, once COVID's definitely not going to restrict us from operating, um, I'll start looking at acquisitions again. Um, Okay, so you're yeah, expanding. My goal is to turn over $100 million. So I had this, um, I guess, I hit $3 million or $3.5 million uh, a while back. And my, um, it, was, it was a number that I was turning over when I was uh, managing another person's business. So I, I kind of had this glass ceiling uh, moment where I'd hit what I thought that, that was the peak. And I, and I kind of went out and celebrated for about 24 months or 12 months, but 24 months. And then went, holy shit, like I'm going to kill myself drinking. So let's just maybe reset my goals. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
So at that, <laughs> at that point, I set a goal to go to 100 million because I figured 100 is going to take me a little while, 10 to 20 years. Um, and at least that means it'll well, keep at least me. at least three years. Well, yeah, that's right. It'll keep me off the street. So, look, I, I mean, I'm 38 now. If we can get to 100 million before I'm at 50, that'd be good. I haven't really. I've chunked it out. Yeah, I hope you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. I just you, oh, you said this just paused the, anyway. the image, but that's fine. Um, anyway, the gist of it is the end of the story goes that um, I'm trying to get to a hundred million dollars. The whole idea was that if I set a, a really high level goal, it would it would keep me on track. Um, we're at eleven. We did eleven and some change last year. Um, part of the growth strategy wow. is acquisition. Obviously, I think that um, in South Australia we've kind of reached the the cap of our the market that's profitable enough for us to be interested in. Um, there's more work here, but it's all commercial bullshit, and it's like, you know, you know, you have to basically kind of crawl around on your hands and knees for three percent, and I'm just not interested in doing that anymore. I have done it for a long time. Um, so, <laughs> the strategy is acquisition um, of trying to locate businesses that are like-minded owners that are in a retirement phase. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of 60, 55, 60-year-old um, husband and wife teams that have owned, you know, two to five million-dollar locations in, you know, the heart of of either New South Wales or Victoria or wherever they are. They've got a, a, an employee base that are similar to my employee base, so they expect similar things from their directors. I'm hoping that they'll see the value in selling to me at market or below market if it's me competing, mm-hmm. with, if it's me competing with um, a multinational for the same piece of the pie and them going, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's actually a leader that will look after our team because that's the values that I'd have. I'd rather sell for 10% less and know that the new director is going to actually treat my staff with care and respect like I think I do. And then just do that in all the states. If we can't acquire, we'll open. Um, and then WaterPro will be a you know, 30, 40 location um, national brand. Then I can, I don't know. <laughs> then I've done it. Then I'll go on a bender for 24 months. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. What a, what, what a goal. Yeah. So nice vision to have. Keeps me on the, off the street at the moment. Well, it, literally, like I'm, I'm so busy, I can't do anything stupid. So, yeah, you know, great. I was here at six this morning. Me and my wife, like my wife works for the business um, and obviously she's got the full-time job of caring for her four kids, me being one of them, and then working as well. And so this morning, look, last night we're strategizing because we're still, tr- we're both trying to exercise regularly as well. So we're strategizing about, I, le- I got up at five to get here for six because I've got a, fertil- a direct-to-consumer fertilizer business that we're running that's gone out of control because spring sprung. So I'm manufacturing fertilizer this morning getting ready for podcasts, trying to manage water, pro- well, like some, some of my stuff. And then I'll be, I've got an interview here at 4.20, um, a job interview with a guy that we're hoping to hire for that. I've got to make sure I get home in time for her to go to her PT session and then I'll start working again online tonight. So there's no chance of me going out and getting drunk at the footy and just being an idiot because I just don't have time. So um, the goals work. And you, you work Saturdays as well? Yeah, traditionally, um, I would work Saturday morning, 8 till 4. So th- we've got a, the location I'm filming at now is in Dry Creek. It's a new location. It doesn't have much of a retail presence. We opened it in April, so we haven't had a season yet. Um, but my eight-year-old son's playing basketball now, and he wanted me to be at basketball, so I don't work Saturdays now. I haven't done a Saturday for a month. Um, I'll work whenever I need to. Um, the Like Tuesday, my son has training, so I picked up all my kids from kindy and, and school at 3 spend the afternoon with them, go to training. Now that's the great thing. And you, I mean, I'm preaching when I talk to you about it, but like I've got that flexibility to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, I make sure that the communication with my wife's as good as it can be. I'm not great at it. And then just make sure that we 
you know, um, that if I need to take my kids, I had a, you know, orthodontist appointment yesterday and then I'll go back to work later and um, I, I just try to make it work as best as I can. I don't get too hung up on, I guess, the societal's expected norms. I just do what's right for us and our family and, um, you know, the kids are getting, I've got twins who are four and that's, that's going to, once they get into school and start playing sport, then I think my time's going to become even more pressed. But um, mm. Sundays are pretty yeah, safe. You've, you've got the structure there, you know, you've got guys sort of managing the business for you so you can go and just work on, you know, yeah. this expansion process. Yeah, well, one of the businesses, Railways, I, I acquired that two years ago um, and that was being run under management and owned by someone. I bought it off them and it's, the management structure stayed the same. I probably haven't been there for a month and mm. um, that's operating under management. So I've got my general manager below me and then there's the management of that business below him. Um, and so I feel guilty at times because I feel like I need to go down there and just kind of say, hey guys, you're, like, you're doing a great job and I love you and I'm sorry I'm not here, but you know, they've done, like they'll do nearly 400 grand this month. When I bought it, it was averaging 280. They're making profit, like I don't need to go there. So why, you know, mm. why get caught up on that? So, um, and that's, I think sometimes they're better off without me there because ultimately anything well, I touch bottlenecks. You can do it through this anyway. Yeah, Phone right. or we, know, use, we, use, we use WhatsApp quite um, aggressively. I've got WhatsApp groups for every management team, my media, I've got a three person media team. I've got them in the WhatsApps. I've got, I do it because I, I send audios. I, I don't want to sit there and text, so I just bounce audios around. But um, what I was about to say, anything I touch, I bottleneck and, I, and, it, and it breaks. So the less I can be involved in, the better because they know I break they're like because I'll, I'll keep changing it until I think it's right whereas they've got it working just if I stay out yeah. of it everything's beautiful yeah. just so. leave it <laughs> That's what they say. I, just got, <laughs> I just got a snapchat from one of my guys because before the podcast I made a coffee I left the milk in the jug I left the coffee grounds in the thing no one else do, does that they know it's me and so it's, it's like <laughs> don't even make the coffee dude just we'll make you the coffee go do your podcast anyway Enough about me. Um, I really appreciate you making the time to do this. Um, I hope it's brought some value for the people that are going to watch and listen to it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you maybe get some work out of it. I know that's not why you did it. I think, um, I think if we can help some people um, make some changes around the way they view things, then that's great. Um, if people are looking to get in touch with you, is your, your website your most desirable kind of or the best way for them to find stuff about you or is there a social media yeah just go to the contact contact page yep um and they'll they'll see my uh, mobile number or there's an email address there they can get in touch with me that way awesome thank you i I also really appreciate it so um very happy to sort of give you this time i know we've been talking about this for a while so it's good that we've done it well, yesterday when I spoke with Brent Reed, we planned to do the pot. We met in 2019 at Mifcus and have kind of like loosely threatened a podcast for two and a half years. So um, I think the, the lockdowns like made me go, hang on a sec. There's going to be people that have that are generally poor, time poor that might have a bit more time now. So um, thanks to Inika as well. She's probably going to watch this. So um, yeah, it's good for her to kind of like formalize the, the podcast and get it happening. Um, We'll link all your information up in the podcast. Anyone wants to get in touch, um, they can. Um, So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.